Fun fact about Claire. When Stevie was a newborn and Claire finally got her to sleep on the couch, Claire sat there underneath this sleeping babe thinking, I hope this lasts forever. Until her bladder said, Claire, go to the toilet. (laughs) Claire, in a state of panic, was so desperate to keep Stevie asleep, she noticed a newborn nappy next to her, unused. So she tucked this nappy into her own undies and let the gush go. And it went... (laughs) And amazingly, newborn nappies are not designed for grown women and so we went absolutely (laughs) everywhere and because Claire was so determined to keep Frida I mean Stevie asleep she just sat in it for ages (laughs) like a delicious human soup (laughs) I'm so gross (laughs) hello and welcome to Good Sheila's the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes us all tick. I'm Bron, a comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilas. Hello, mate. Mate! You don't have a newborn. I don't. This is a huge day. Ari is 12 weeks old today and I feel like the world knows just how much I don't like newborns. You hate them. I find them so, like I, I like I love, like I'm, you know, the cuddles and lala. It, it, they're so hard. It's so hard. It's yes, so hard and they don't smile relentless. very much. Relentless. And, yeah. and Ari, like he's a real chill baby but it's boring and... Um, Conversations, shit. Oh, the worst. He exactly. He only speaks Polish, (laughs) and so we. uh, So we have to like, yeah. And he also took forever to smile. He's only really just recently started smiling. It's because he doesn't like you. It's because yeah, yeah. Maybe my humour's not up to his taste. (laughs) He doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah, we, we we're. We're getting to know each other and it's just, and it is really, really good now. But for 12 weeks, I have wished the time away like no one's business. And as our listeners know, you also had a really fucking horrible time at the beginning. So it just amplified how hard it is to have a newborn. And just how useless they are. It's just like, wake up. Exactly. It's like so basic, mate. Yeah, (laughs) it's literally all you have to do. 101, be awake. (laughs) Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, such a banana. Yeah, so that is, a, and I'm, and we just did sleep training yesterday, and so I know there's different variables of that, but and we've had one of our sponsors um, on the podcast in the past, Jen. She uh, has Bonnie bedtime, and she, I knew that when I got pregnant, I was going to ask Jen to help me with sleep because it's the, it's my biggest bit of anxiety around having a baby, and uh, so when. I got pregnant and I told Jen, I was like, so can you please help me with sleep? She was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he was born, I messaged her. I was like, cool. So like he's here and like, um, what do I? And she was like, yeah, you just survived the first 12 weeks, which is exactly what anyone would have said. 
because um, you can't do anything. No, you can't teach nothing. them anything. They're absolutely useless. Um, survive the first 12 weeks and then we'll fix everything that you accidentally fuck up in that time, <laughs> basically. She said it much nicer than that. And I was like, cool, cool. And then so I just survived those first 12 weeks. Thanks very much. And, um, and she I came to think my house. SSRIs and <laughs> drinking and caffeine and the pool of sadness. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Panda, so they were great. But it was, um, it, uh, she came over yesterday and she helped me get him to sleep without rocking him because I just don't rock and fed mm. him to sleep. And that's fine for some mums, but it's just not fine for me all my life. Like I have got things to do. I've got, th- like I can't hold him forever. And also he didn't want to be held forever. Mm. Like he was sick to fucking death of me like shoving a tit in his mouth or just be, he's like for god's sake you perv mum let me just sit here and i was like just go to sleep Take like it. he was <laughs> love me smile and so he, and so like i i reckon some babies just need their own space and um he's one of those babies and i he just had to like give, be given the opportunity to understand how nice his own space was oh my god glorious and it's glorious. And we put him in the cot and Jen patted him for like 10 minutes or something. And then he just went to sleep. What a magical human being. And since then, I just like, yeah, since yesterday morning, putting him in his cot every time he's tired, and he just goes to sleep. Oh my yeah. God, it's amazing. It's like a fucking miracle. He's a I wizard. But I just, I can't believe it. Like, so if he cries, I'll go in and I'll rock him. Um, it's funny because Jen said to me, you know, like it's not, you're not neglecting him because we're rocking him and you're here because she was, she knew that I would be stressed out about it. But I was like, oh no, I'm fine. I feel fine. I know that we're not neglecting him. Um, I definitely was a, did a harder sleep training with Edie. We just put her in the cot and we're like, bye. And just let her <laughs> scream and scream and scream for like an hour and a half. It was dreadful, but we had to do it. And Edie was an amazing sleeper after that. Yeah, she was but, magical. But yes, sleep training, contentious issue. Um, but we, for our family, um, we need to sleep and we need uh, structure and routine and predictability. It. Definitely, it's so important. Yeah. And it's such an each to your own space as well. Like we've talked on the podcast before how it can be deeply personal. But like, yeah. fuck, you just do what you need to do for you and your do family. It. And that's more, way more important than anyone's shitty opinion. Yeah, like I, don't, I, like I could not care less. If someone contacts me, it's like, oh, that's really sad that you um, don't carry him 24 hours a day. I'll be like, bye, bitch. <laughs> you carry him all day. Fuck. It's like one of my arms, like I've just got like one massive gun and the other arm's like just like this weak little thing that just that drags behind me. I'm just like, this is not what my body was designed to do. I was supposed to live weights, not babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really happy for you, mate. Such a Thank fucking you. goal. Such a big kick. Well done. Yeah, and how are you? How have you been? What's news with you? Uh, just we, we're coming out of lockdown in Melbourne, which is a dream. Congratulations. So everyone's like moving around in spaces again, doing normal things, like just crying in public instead of in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can see people's sadness yeah, now because their masks exactly. are up, right? Yeah, masks are so like I've been going out raw dogging the world with my raw face, which is just such raw. <laughs> I hate that term, I but good. It. It's You're just welcome. so on. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we're coming into like this year has just, you know, it's that silly thing that people say, I hope you enjoy the background noise, everyone. Some fuckwits lawn mowing. Like who lawn mows on Monday? I just. I know. 
especially in the area that you were in, you're in like Brunswick-Coburg, no one has lawns. Everyone Someone is mowing concrete. their concrete. Exactly. You're, you're very, animal. You're very lonely, Sven. <laughs> Raw dogging the concrete. <laughs> but yeah, this year has just flown by. And um, I think we've talked about before about like how your perception of time shifts when you're older because like I'm 34 and so like a week is, you know, of 52 weeks a year. How many weeks are in a year? One hundred and nine. Um, Twenty-six. It's, it's like it, thirty-four. It, as a proportion of your life, it is a, sh- a sliver of a shred, right? So uh, the older mm. you get, the yeah. time does seem to go quicker because it is you, you perceive it differently. Relative. It's all relative. Correct. It's my it relatives. It's Thanks my for auntie. explaining that to Time's us. my auntie. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, this, it's it's like halfway through the year, and it's almost school holidays again. And um, yeah, I'm feeling it's a really sunny day and I'm feeling really optimistic after a really, a really dark little blip, which we'll talk about a bit yeah. later on. But yeah, mm-hmm. it's, I went out to a restaurant on Friday night. Oh my God. It's called McDonald's. So <laughs> oh my God. You probably awesome. haven't heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a friend's 40th. It was really lovely and ate bougie food. And then when I went, went to, we're allowed to go to the regions now. So I want to visit a dear friend down, at, um, down in Torquay. And just it just feels like, like I'm in like a lovely little butterfly emerging from my dark yeah. cocoon of lockdown and and sadness. Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Thank God. You've reached you've reached your own twelve weeks. I now, have. Now I'm no sleep. longer a newborn. I no longer well have to breastfeed myself and hold myself <laughs> with my one strong arm. You're rocking yourself with this giant arm and your own tit in your mouth. Wow, Claire. That the lockdown did not suit you. Amazing. Like, like not amazing as in, like, I want to do it. Yeah, but amazing. No, like, imagine try. if you could reach your own boob in your own mouth. Oh, people can do that. Well, I know there's a thing I'm that... I'm going to try it. Oh, my God. It's so going to try it. I know there's a thing that, like, some guys, like, have done. Apparently, every dude has tried to fillet himself. Which really? is everyone, like, every man I've ever asked, because it's just, it's a morbid curiosity. Right. It's like 100. Of course I have. I'm like, oh! What? Yeah. That is... It is. It's, the, remember that rumour about Marilyn Manson? He got two of his ribs removed so he could do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's a fucking creep, so it doesn't It doesn't. Why would he suck me. his own when he could assault other women? No. Like, God. why would he need to do that? Oh, he's disgusting. I'm so glad he's cancelled. Cancelled. We cancelled Cancelled. Yeah. Ew. So, babe. And speaking of cancelled, someone who is, like, has always been on the, like, I guess the precipice of being cancelled a few times um, is Chrissy T. Teigen. So tell me what. So why why is she in the news again, Claire? Chrissy Teigen has been uh, mired in allegations of bullying for some time, and for for some reason it came out a little while ago that she um, she was bullying TV personality Courtney Stodden, who we've talked about in the podcast as being famous mm. for having a really 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 creepy creepy husband, who ended up being yes. her ex and a complete complete potato um and um and there were a few other people who came out and made allegations that she'd done some really really cooked things um Mm. so including um uh going on going on kind of vitriol things and telling people to kill themselves and yeah um just just some really really awful awful behaviors and she was a pretty heinous troll yeah she was back in 2011 so she joked that Lindsay lohan should kill herself she said that if she was destined to have a child like avril lavigne that she would choose to have a barren sterile existence that ends when i die Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was obviously really super miserable and didn't understand. I 
I, I reckon she'd regret it mostly because um, it has come back to bite her exactly. in the butt. But it is not. Um, but it, yeah. So for a while there, she was just so, so, so mean. And like Courtney Stodden was probably the most public. She was the one who kept coming out and being like, oh my God, I was 16 years old and you were telling me to go kill myself. Mm. Like you were, you were contacting me privately. There was a lot of public stuff which would have been really embarrassing for Courtney to be like, oh my God, I'm so hated by this very famous woman. And then, uh, and I'm a child. Um, and also I've been like I've been preyed on by a sexual predator. I'm in the yeah, worst place I've ever been, 16. and I've got this grown woman after me. And if you are if you aren't up to date with the Courtney Sodden thing, it was like that was it was ages ago, but it was really horrible. And now Courtney's in her twenties, and she's like she's obviously not like, she's not let it go, and she shouldn't have because it was horrific. Yes, no one really no one listened to Courtney for a long long time because Courtney was no one compared to Chrissy. Then finally people started to like pick up on it because it didn't match Chrissy's like the I guess like the persona that Chrissy was trying to give off as this like kind of like that like lovely, gentle, wholesome woman. Yeah. And Courtney was like, Actually, you're an asshole and yeah. you made me feel like shit when I was a little kid. And, and I think it's that thing where, where we ha- we hold people up as nice, nice, right? And so we, yeah. we saw Chrissy as like, you know, really honest and really vulnerable and funny and just relatable and, and, and that we, you know, we loved her because she felt very real to us. And then mm. to see, I guess, the dark side is a real shock. But the impact has been... Um, pretty enormous and and so so it should be like she's being she's Mm. losing contracts all over the shop people won't work with her anymore but um but she but she she's come out and she's apologized she has all she came over she came out and she apologized on twitter saying i've tried to connect with courtney privately but since i publicly fueled all this i want to go also go publicly and apologize i'm so sorry courtney i hope you can heal now knowing i'm how deeply sorry i am and then, it's, and like there would have got a billion likes. And then Courtney Stodden screenshotted, uh, screenshot, not shotted. Uh, uh, she shot her. her. <laughs> she shot. It was a really dramatic twist. It was <laughs> dramatically incorrect, morally incorrect. It was death. But she, so Chrissy, uh, Chrissy Teigen had blocked Courtney Courtney's. on 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 um, Twitter, and. Courtney said, look, I accept her apology and I forgive her, but the truth remains the same. I've never heard from her or her camp in private. In fact, she blocked me on Twitter. All of me wants to believe that this is a sincere apology, but it feels like a public det- public attempt to, to save her partnerships with Target and other brands who are realising her wokeness is a broken record. Yes, and she's followed and- up with that as well because after, after Courtney Stodden came out and said, hey, mate, that, you know, you were saying this to get your clout back and I don't really, I, th- I just want to point out that you've never come to me. More people came out and said, yeah, she did some really cool stuff. She sent me like PMs mm. and, and, and asked me to, you know, asked me to hurt myself. And so she came out with a really long post that she posted on Medium and she said she's, she's, she's done this apology, which is, which I don't know, it's been lambasted because some people say, well, what, you know, what more can she do? She fucked up. Are we going to cancel everybody because they are, you know, because they've made mistakes and uh, could we look, mm. at, look at the sum of the whole or 
Um, or do we see this as kind of a last grab to retain, you know, her, um, her, her any kind of level of um, like and influence that she has? Um, it's, she says she's gotten therapy. She says that she's asking for forgiveness, patience and tolerance, that she's trying to grow. And she says we are all more than our worst moments. And on the back of it, celebrities like Jennifer Garner and her, obviously, her bae have been like, yeah, we totally hear Chrissy. Thank you so much. Yeah, look, I, um, I, I, I agree with that. Like, I, like, I look back on um, some of my Facebook comments, and like, no, I wasn't bullying anyone, but I, like, in like vain attempts to be funny or to be a little bit like controversial or just whatever. Like, I would never say some of the things I said then. Like, I remember. Um, like was you know saying something about someone eating too loudly and how I just <laughs> wish people who ate too loudly would just like perish or something you know it was just like it was just I can't remember exactly the the line it wasn't even funny but I just remember thinking yeah that's relatable but yes. it was like just like a dick thing to say and um uh, but I reckon some so some of the things that I would have said in the past people would if they came back up I would be so embarrassed to yeah. see them again I think about the shit that I used to post like I don't think I posted mean shit but I posted dumb no. shit like just dumb, really dumb dumb, dumb dumb shit but I think there's a line to be drawn I mean you yeah you might have made a joke that was you know like out of line or uncalled for but it wasn't it, you didn't tell somebody that they should die and, and yeah. this is the, I don't think people you know some people are coming out and saying well that's the platform that's Twitter and Waleed Ali got into a lot of trouble about this last week he was talking about it on the project and um, he was he was making an argument that it is the platform that we should be looking to because it encourages people to engage in a particular way and to engage in kind of piling on and cancel culture in a way that's really counterproductive and we should actually review how we look at the platform and how it influences behavior I fundamentally disagree because you shouldn't it, it doesn't matter where you're behaving poorly it's mm. if you're bullying people if you're if you're telling them to hurt themselves if you're if you're kind of pulling them to shreds and, and eviscerating their characters it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter where you're doing it, it you know <laughs> Oh, so this is where I disagree with you oh, because, yeah, it is fun. Because Tom Ballard did his latest stand-up show and I um, cannot wait to see it and I've seen clips of it and it, it just looks so funny. So he rips the Liberals to shred. Liberal voters, Excellent. not Liberals, Liberal voters. Interesting. He, yeah, and I'm, I should post it on the um, Good Sheila's Instagram. It is hilarious. So he's saying like, look um, – I'm not saying like one of the lines is like I'm not saying liberal voters are bad people. Mm. I'm saying they're not people at all. Oh, they're fuck. pieces of shit. They're scumbags. <laughs> they're this. They're that. And then he just tears and like. Uh, and I wish they would die. He Whoa. actually says that. Yeah. Anyway, it's hilarious, and um, uh, I would have. Uh, uh, it's obviously a joke. Anyway, the audience goes ballistic because it's so, so funny. And of, of most of the people who like Tom Ballard anyway are definitely not liberal voters. But a lady, uh, I can't remember her name, a journalist in the ABC, she posted a, an article saying that he that it's hate speech. You know, he should not yeah. have been able to do that. It's it, it, and so she's saying this is not like it's it's not like where's the line like why is he able to say that 
And I've spoken to someone who, um, uh, who a conservative person who was like, that would never fly if if, if it went the other way. If it was a some, like a right wing person saying that about left wing person, and I was like, oh really? And I dis- I don't agree with that. I think that people left wing have um, a sense of humour as well. And obviously Tom Ballard doesn't want them to die. But is what Tom Ballard's doing just as wrong to you, Claire, as what uh, what? Oh, is is it bad? Is it wrong to you? Well, first just... of all, hate hate speech is illegally. Like we have lots of protections on what people can and can't say. But what people tend to miss, and this is just because we have a bit of an interaction with American culture, is that in Australia, um, all of our all of our laws protect things like goods and services and what the government do. Right. So, for mm. example. I can go to a shop in Victoria and somebody and, and somebody, you know, if, if somebody says, I'm not going to sell you this coffee because you vote for, the, for you know, the Labor Party, um, that's that's discrimination based on my, my political beliefs. You can't do that. But you can definitely, $100, say, um, in a private capacity, I'm not going to, you can't come to my house because you're a, you know, a Labor voter. Like, you see that nuance? Like, it's about the, it's, it's, it's not yeah. about what we do in our personal lives. There's a funny grey area when it comes to, things like you know public comment and then you spill into things like defamation but which is also very problematic but like when you're talking about a gigantic cohort of people and it's obviously a joke I mean it's obviously an extreme version of satire there's no there's no harm you can't you can't try to there's no there's definitely no kind of there's it's definitely not hate speech um, and it's a really interesting it's an interesting way to look at it I mean it, there's you know satire and comedy are spaces where we really value people's ability to make jokes and you know joke mm-hmm. about social issues and political issues and there is a line you and I have talked about it before and I think we disagreed I think I think that that um that, that we disagreed on where the line is but there is a line about what you can and can't say that is way you know that is way above the line <laughs> Yeah, so above the line. He had this really great response. He wrote this very eloquent article. He's a very articulate man um, saying, like, it's not hate speech because I'm not, like, um, I'm not picking on a minority or yeah. uh, or, you know, or people who've been hard done by. I'm speaking to an entire group of people who are probably the most well-off people in all of Australia. So, uh, like, it, and it's at a comedy show. Like, come on. But, um, but. I think a lot of people turn to Twitter, not not most people, but a lot of people turn to Twitter for f- funny content. Mm. And so it's that thing of, of like, can you can you on Twitter say it's just a joke if you're saying something like, no, I wish you would die? I think, no, I think it's different if it's targeted at a person, like not a group. I if mean, it's one person. Yeah, if yeah, you're okay. like, this person is a piece of shit and they should die, that's fucked. Like, and it doesn't matter who you're talking about. That's never acceptable. It's never okay. Um, but if it's a if it's if it's something satirical based on a huge cohort of people, like it's it's, yeah. it's, it, it's also redundant. It's it's just such an on mass joke that doesn't mean anything. So it's just silly. Mm. It's so obviously silly. But I get your point about Twitter being a place where people go to for particular types of content, and it's true, and it does encourage people to make particular types of content that you know but i don't think anyone would ever think that's telling a 16 year old to kill herself is funny no like that's just no. never <laughs> yeah and i mean like like clementine ford she uh, some people find her very confronting but i like she she says things that she obviously doesn't mean like men should die yeah. you know and she obviously like you know i wish more men caught covert yeah. or whatever it was and it, like, people were so angry about that but i think that some like a lot, a lot of people will forget or don't understand about Clementine Ford is that she's actually quite funny. Like yeah, she's, she's super she's, funny. She's really clever. Yeah, 
So she's not she's not like a comedian by trade, but she's like actually quite got a really quick wit and she's very dry. So she's uh, so when she says something like that, it's kind of tongue in cheek. She doesn't mean it. She's kind of, she know, almost knows that people are going to pick that up and be like, oh my god, Clementine Ford wants everyone to die. And it's like mm, you've just missed the tone of <laughs> no, that. You fucking idiot. It's idiots. just you, Michael. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but going back can... to Chrissy, like I feel, I feel, I feel like her time is over. I really feel like you can't engage with that much kind of really hateful behavior and bully people and just move on for I think there's a limit and I think she reached it well I don't know if she's going to get cancelled I think that the fact that she's acknowledged it I, I think that she should things that sh- things should she should suffer definitely things like you know her home her cookware needs to get cancelled or something she needs to suffer somehow to sh- for the world to see you can't get away with something like that but I don't think that she needs to get cancelled if she's acknowledging that that was like a like a dog shit act I for like and this is um so I've just finished watching RuPaul Drag Race Down Under mm. and there's a car- there's a drag queen on that called uh Scarlett Adams and she uh was an exceptional drag queen like like she was good at everything dancing before like her dancing performing her her makeup was like flawless and her drag itself her costume design her like her like uh, textile skills everything was so 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 good i also thought she was really likable um and people did not like her because it came out that she did in her past when she was actually quite young she blackface mm. um and i was like oh god and they brought it up on the show they were like she's like has anyone done any drag that they regret and she was like i have and so it was obviously very like it was like they asked her to address it because the public would had found it she said, I have done, I did blackface in the past and I completely regret it. And I apologize to anyone that I offended and it was completely out of line, but I was young, I was ignorant and I was an idiot. I just didn't think that it was that bad. I didn't think that, I didn't understand what I was doing. Mm. And the way that she explained it, I was like, okay, that is something that's a, you know, it's a stuff up. It's a really bad one. Maybe she didn't understand all the implications, didn't understand how offensive it was. Does this mean she has to um suffer for that shitty mistake what she did like you know i don't know late teens forever and then i looked it up and then it's actually really bad it's she, really really bad did you see it yeah, I've did you it, see I've seen yeah. a bit of it like there's not it's not just black face it's yellow face there's some really and it's repeated behaviors and she was called out for it and and she kept doing it i don't think it's as straightforward as one shitty mistake and yeah yeah so yeah no totally so it wasn't one she, so the way that that and she will suffer for that like like and um she will forever be trolled for for that mm. and she will not get booked for things mm. and she will and rightly and, so and yeah totally totally exactly but and so it's funny that i was like uh, you know when i thought it was just this once off that her did she did blackface when she was like 18 years old that's how i understood it when i when i heard her story but then when i kind of looked in there's a lot of people we're trying to tell her hey mate don't do that because it's not okay the fact that she kept doing it and the fact that um she now has to pay the price for that is kind of like okay that makes sense what i find really Uh, interesting about chrissy chicken like it's that that i think that that's a real kind of pinpoint like the ability to learn the ability to reflect and say oh wow like i've really fucked up and i'm gonna do better and this is how i'm gonna learn um chrissy chicken has so 
so willingly and happily um, participated in cancel culture herself. Like she calls people out constantly for really poor behavior on, and encourages people to, you know, unfollow them or to, you know, like not buy their brands and yeah. stuff. It's a really normal thing that she does. So like if this is the culture that she's supporting, shouldn't she then live the consequences of it? The other thing that I feel about her apology is that where is the action? I mean, it's one thing to be like, I'm seeing a therapist, I'm going to do better. But like, fuck man, you're, you're, mm. you're really, really wealthy and some of your wealth has probably come off the back of standing down on other people and blocking the way for them. And so you need to be accountable for that. Put your money where your mouth is. Like, chuck a couple of million yeah. dollars into like an anti-bullying charity or, you know, do something meaningful. It's really easy to write a letter on, on Medium it's 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 what what is actually going to cause you the discomfort that that you've caused other people and she's not well, going yeah. there because she's not and she do won't that. she's not gonna yeah and she, she won't do it and she also the like you know the fact that she's being people are start, people are like hey you're a bit of a piece of shit like that is this is like that what she wanted Courtney Sutton to feel like. Mm. You know, she wanted people to be like, "Oh my god, Courtney is Courtney is disgusting." And the, you know, there wasn't like a teen mum that she that she called a whore. Oh, Sarah Abraham. Yeah. yeah. So she like oh uh, and she, like so she she loves going after. So it's obviously something that she has an issue with with younger like young women. Girl, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, girls. Um so she's obviously a bit broken and makes sense that she's going to a psychologist but also what a bully yeah like she's a bully horrible no. bully yeah exactly and some things are just irredeemable like you can I don't know there's a there's a the, you know you and I have discussed that you have a sense of responsibility and accountability when you're in the public eye because you're profiting from being in the public eye and that has its limits and I think mm. she's crushed it so we're officially cancelling Chrissy Teigen bye Chrissy <laughs> bye thank you so much for coming on our podcast <laughs> yeah god she's gonna be so upset Oh, she's gonna be devastated. Oh my god! As soon as she catches wind of this, any minute she'll and be like, she's "No, gonna be bro, hitting up DMs, please, guys, <laughs> give me like, some no. cookware." <laughs> we're like, "No, Courtney said no, bitch." Bye. Uh, okay, so Claire, you have um, you have um, had a conversation with me recently about how you know life gets so chaotic. And when it's the most chaotic, we probably speed up. We, we never. Speed up. We, we don't. We, slow it's down. a funny reaction that we yeah. have to life. We're like it's. I'm really busy right now. I just need. If I just move a little bit faster, it will. I'll be less busy. Yeah. It's that weird thing that we do. Like I'll just. I'll, okay. You know what? I'll just go. I'll just move faster. I'll just have another kid. I'm just gonna. I'll just do it, and then everything will be fine in like. A couple in like tomorrow or next week, and that's all I need to do is just maybe sprint. It's just and like then, I've got gastroenteritis and I've got so much diarrhea. I'm gonna eat some raw fish I found on the street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also so much information, you pig. But um, but yeah. So we just we just we never know when that is. And so so what do we do when we start to feel like what do you think we need to do when we start to feel really like overwhelmed with stuff so and when a, do we like when are some red what are some red flags for mm, you so i had a really important um i guess experience this year where like since since the beginning of the year life has just been chaotic and and it has kind of had a few personal challenges and a few personal kind of intimate 
challenges. It's had diarrhea. Diarrhea. So much of it. Got to stop eating that fish off the street. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, and I moved house and my job has been really, really intense. And then we've had rolling lockdowns, of course. But I yeah. haven't stopped. And I've and You never stop. And I've always oh my taken God. this strange, I don't know, this strange, quite unhealthy it's almost like pride that I can carry so much and that I'm really, you know, I can carry so much. I'm really resilient or whatever. And the yeah. truth is I'm not because, um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, you know, I have depression, um, probably once a year it gets quite bad. And a couple of weeks ago I started to feel the, feel the inklings of it coming on. And it was just after I'd moved, moved house, which was an intensely stressful experience. And, um, and doing it a lot, like, you know, as a single parent is a whole, it's a really, really different experience to being able to be like a partner. Oh, you know, we'll pack up this room and you do this and I do this. It's just, it's just really having that responsibility and obligation. Mm. I found really hard with the girls and, um, work was, you know, at this really intense peak and I was doing really late nights and working all the weekend and I felt the red flags for me was like I was really short with the girls. I was like snapping at them. I was finding them really exhausting. I couldn't wait for them to go to bed. I was drinking a lot, drinking a lot on my own, um, uh, just to switch off my brain. And then just finding that I didn't have just nothing, just everything started to go gray. Like it's just like nothing was pleasurable. And I mm-hmm. felt like there was absolutely nothing to look forward to. And it got to a point where... I think early last week I really oh it was it was horrible I hit this low where it was this combination of feeling like every inch of my body was on fire with anxiety and my brain was just this horrible washing machine of these relentless anxious deeply negative thoughts and then I felt just so hopeless and just like there was absolutely nothing worth worth living for and it was maybe four or five days in that deep deep hole and I was was just getting worse and worse and it's like crying myself to sleep every night struggling to get out of bed I stopped showering I it was you know it was it was bad um and I went to the I took I, I I was honest with work I said look I'm not doing very well and I went to the doctor and I was like look this is where I'm at and and I just feel I feel like I, I don't know how to get out of this and I can't I can't do this again. And this is the interesting thing about mental health is that when you go into those holes and you just feel tired and it's like, oh my God, this is probably going to happen again and again and again oh. and I'm stuck in it forever and I'm just too tired. Like I can't, mm. I, I, I can't, I can't endure my brain like this. It's awful mm. and like I, I you know you know with anxiety when your brain just gets stuck on things like you get stuck on little narratives and little stories inside your head these tiny things would happen and they'd become this like infinite loop of negativity in my head it's just mm. it's just your whole body is against you and you're not you're not in the moment you're just in this in this awful swirling um whirlpool in your brain um, so I went to the doctor and I was like, yeah, I'm not okay. And she's like, tell me, we talked a little bit and she's like, tell me about your life. And I just kind of went through what the last few months had gone, gone through. And she's like, look, mate, I'm going to be really honest with you. Why, why, why haven't you taken a break? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, things have been really busy and work's been really busy and I had to move and everything. And she's like, no, you're not listening to me. Like you have to rest. Like you don't get any awards for pushing yourself to the absolute limit. And of course you're here. I mean, 
I think a person who wasn't chemically a little bit, you know, like prone to, to poor mental health would, would be here. It's you've pushed yourself to a, to a point where you can't do it anymore and you need mm. to slow down and you need to rest. And she's like, you just have to take responsibility for yourself. And it was a really, it was such a, a light bulb moment. In the moment, I was really defensive. I was like, huh, well, like, this isn't kind of the empathy and the, the nourishing space that I'd signed up for. Like, I wanted you to be nice to me. Um, but she was being, she was being abundantly nice because she pointed out to me that the way I was living and the way that I've been living was really unhealthy and quite irresponsible. But there's that thing that happens that we celebrate people who can hold everything up and have it all and carry all the plates, but it's no one can do it. It's not sustainable. So uh, me hearing that, why do you think that that makes me want to scream, Claire? Because you've been saying for ages, you're like, you know, you're like, do do things differently. Slow down. You're always doing new things. There's always more and more and more and more, which I, you know, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Like some of the things are kind of, you know, out of my control in terms of like, you know, a super expensive rent that I just, I had to move. Yeah. Place was too expensive or, but, but, you know, like I think I need to make better and more accountable decisions about like, okay, well, even if it means I earn a little bit less money. Can I work yep. a little bit less? Like, yeah, you have to, I have to prioritize differently because the way I've been living, like has drove me to a, to a place where I just, I didn't want to wake up. Like it's, mm, yeah. Totally. Oh, I just like, you work so much and then it means that your weekends are just full of like life admin. Like mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I've got to go quick. Got to go Woolies quick. You've just got to do 15 loads of washing. Oh God, it's raining this weekend. Oh God, where's the school uniforms going to dry? Oh God. Oh Stevie. Oh no. Oh geez. Oh, and then, and then, and then by the time, like by the end of the weekend, you're like, Oh my God, it's at the end of the weekend. Oh, okay. Got to go back to work again. And you work on the weekends as well. And it's so it's, there's actually never a time where you're like, all right, I've finished. And your downtime is like, you know, late at night and you might have some wine and watch like Gilmore Girls and stuff. And then that, you know, you fall asleep on the couch probably. And then you have to do it all again the next day. And I'm like, of course your brain is going to turn into mush because it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. And I think some people listening to this will, I I guess, resonate with that feeling that you have to. Like I always like, well, of course I have to. I have to do this. I have to work like this. But it's that, I guess, that, that really important learning that I've had is that I'm in making a decision I am making a choice Mm. and that I can make a different choice to be honest about what I can and can't do and well actually just taking a step back just learn just I don't I don't think I've learned that I was um I had uh, you know I had this moment on the weekend when I went to visit um our friend Naomi down the coast and she's so good at self-care like impressively so it's it's amazing she like she's really thoughtful about how she eats and how much she drinks and how much she sleeps and she's just really 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 good at knowing what she needs and prioritizing herself and I want to learn how to do that because I've never done it before for some reason it's a really revolutionary thing when you're a woman to be like actually my body and my brain and how I feel every day matter and I Mm. need to do the best I can to make that my priority because we're taught to put everyone else first and everything else first right like do you think oh yeah engage in self-care like what does that look like for you I have no idea I have yeah. literally have no Isn't idea. Isn't it interesting? No idea, I, right? Like, like it sounds like, like I, I, when I remember you asked me before, like, what's self care? This is ages ago, and I was like, I think go in the gym, 
but I actually don't even know if that is necessarily what I think self-care. I don't actually know what self-care looks like for me, and which is um, full on. And I noticed that like when uh, recently when Ari, you know, after Ari was born, uh, his sleep was so became the most important thing in the in the family mm. to me so it became Ari's sleep was most important and then the girl's sleep was most important the uh, second to that so if Ari woke up and I needed to like change his nappy I'd make sure I went far away from the girl's room so he wouldn't wake them up and then if the girls like wake up in the night I was like trying to like you know I was trying to like make sure they wouldn't wake up Lucas because Lucas's sleep was important because he had to work the next day and then at the end I went of course I went mad because I was, everyone's sleep was way more important than mine. Because I kept being like, well, I'm okay. Well, I'm all right. Well, it's fine. It's like the babies need more sleep. And Lucas has to work. And at the end, I went in absolutely bananas because I was so underslept. And I was, I started to like resent everyone. I was like, does no one give a fuck if I sleep or not? And they're like, oh, I've just not thought of it. Yeah, it's, it's really funny, isn't it? Like we, we just put ourselves last, but the, the reality is you're, you know, you're the linchpin of the family and you're keeping everyone together. Um, and when you're not okay, um, no one's okay. But we, 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 we have this expectation that you hold up everybody and put yourself last. But it's that whole kind of put the, put the life jacket on, the, you know, on yourself first before you put it on the infant. Like you have to, you have to also be aware yeah. that it's part of your responsibility um, it's part of you, you know, to, to, to take care of you, not just so you're okay, but so you can take care of others. Yeah. And like, if you think about, and this isn't just your example, like, I'm just going to use you as an example, but like Stevie's going to much prefer her mum to feel happy than have like brand new, brand new, like scooter, you know, she's yeah, going to be much, she's much preferred to like hang out with you and play cards on a Tuesday afternoon then come home and there's like a really fancy telly or something like that you know there's there's things yeah. that we forget that kids what kids need and what we need yeah. and then we're like oh but I, I have this opportunity that's just come up and I really like my job because you like you like you're in the field that you love like you love doing what you do not maybe not necessarily always your job but I think like a lot of people are stuck in jobs that they that they hate uh, because they aren't like you know that's just not what's important to them. But you're in a field where it's really important to you, and you know that you're making a difference and you're you're helping people who need help. Um, so it makes sense that you feel like you need to work as much as you do because you feel like you get something out of it. Mm. But uh, but at the like no one should be working as much as you. <laughs> Do. No, no, it's not, it's just not sustainable. I mean, it's maybe sustainable if you have, you know, a partner at home who takes care of the kids full time. That's it. And a nanny. Yeah. You know, like it's just, you, you can't hold everything up. And I think this is like the learning that, that I, you know, really want to talk about is that putting yourself first isn't just, it, it's not just important. It's important for everybody around you. And sometimes like if you find it really hard to, to, engage with this idea that you should come first that you should be important it is helpful to step back and say well it's actually better for other people if I do that too and that's yeah, really helpful everyone's for me happier. I'm like yeah exactly mm. I'm like well no one really enjoys it when you know their friend goes into a deep slump of depression and then my children definitely yeah. don't and that's the risk of living in the way that I have so I'm gonna we should both we should both look into it Bron we should both come back to the podcast and figure out what Mm. self-care looks like for us what makes us feel good what makes us feel happy what makes us feel whole yeah I really have no idea and if you if anyone has any maybe we'll make a post on Instagram 
what is what are people's ways to yeah, exercise self care? Yeah, and what it's is like, it? it's those silly cliches of like baths and face masks, which is nice. Like that is a nice active kind of, but but it has to be an everyday thing, right? Something that you do every single day mm, to maintain yeah. yourself, to keep yourself well, and yeah. you need to figure that shit out, babe. Because we talked about we've talked about this in a past episode where like a lot of self care that is aimed at women is really just about patriarchy. It's it is like waxing yeah. your Make legs. Sure you're pretty. Do yeah. your toenails, you fat bitch. Eyelashes. <laughs> Eyelashes, you ugly piece of shit. Yes. No one loves you. Exactly. Self-care. Self-care. It's just such, a, <laughs> such an evil, evil scam to make us buy things. But we want to reframe it. Let's learn together, yeah. babe. Let's learn about yeah. self-care together. Okay, I'm going we'll to post on it. Instagram. We'll go take care of ourselves. Everything good. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll take care of Chrissy. We'll take, take care of Chrissy. Take care Everyone's, of all your peoples. Take care everyone of Everyone is cared for. I'm everyone cared is cared for, for except for Claire's diarrhea. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if nappies would have caught your diarrhea. They okay. Caught my raw fish. <laughs> 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 all right. Bye. We'd be good, Sheila. Love you, mates. Bye.